0: Yo, yo, yo. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at ADZ Sports Dallas. Uh, Welcome, everyone, into the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button, share the stream. Remember that every single show is presented to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. And tonight, we will talk about One of the undrafted free agents. We've been talking a lot about the UDFAs here on the show. We've talked about Princeton Fant. We've talked about Hunter Lipke. We've talked a little bit about some of the other wide receivers. But tonight, I wanted to focus on one guy that was the focus of a The Athletic story even before the NFL draft. So the backstory here really quickly is Kaelin Collar from The Athletic put together a story on David Durden and he is an undrafted free agent wide receiver that the Cowboys got. But where it gets pretty interesting is that in that article, he wasn't named. He was just called prospect X and we didn't know who it was until after the draft, Kalen, the author revealed the identity. Turns out that it was uh, Durden, the Cowboys new wide receiver and they're, are some interesting quotes in there that make you think that the Cowboys look at this guy as a replacement for Noah Brown? Now, you might think, well, Noah Brown is not one of the top receivers in the NFL or anything like that. So it's not like, you know, maybe the Cowboys see him as a starter for on offense in 2023 or anything like that. But still, This is a franchise that really liked Noah Brown because of what he brought to the table as a blocking wide receiver and more than anything, even as a special teamer. Not to mention that he started like 12 or 13 games for the Cowboys last year, but we'll get into that in a few moments here. Uh, Let's start with who Durden is, though, as a wide receiver in general, because we needed to research a little bit about the prospect out of West Florida who actually started his career at Mercer University. So the big question, and and I mean, I think this is pretty obvious, is just the level of competition. He wasn't on an FCS school. He wasn't on an FBS school. He played at Mercer two years, and this is after a brief stint with the Boston Red Sox playing baseball. Went to Mercer. The pandemic happened, and then he played two seasons at West Florida. But look at the relative athletic score, right? Really quickly, 9.59. He is an athlete with a great score on speed and a great score on explosion. And only good when it comes to size and when it comes to agility. This might not seem like much other than a big time athlete, but here's where it gets even cooler. Oh, look at this. Quote from Cowboys College Scouting Director, none other than Mitch Lapointe. This is the the not not I mean part quote part what Kaelin Collar was reporting at The Athletic. I'm gonna read it word by word. You can go check this article at TheAthletic.com. You can find it really quickly if you look for uh, Prospect X. And there's it's a two part story. One that was published before the draft, another that was published. After the draft, this is the quote, though Durden doesn't remember the details of his conversation with McCarthy, and I'll open a parenthesis here really quickly. The Cowboys had Mike McCarthy pitch Durden to land his services in UDFA after the Cowboys drafted Jalen Brooks. And according to the article, they decided to draft Jalen Brooks because they thought it would be more likely for Brooks to be drafted in those final picks of the seventh round Instead of Durden. But there is some vibes to the article that suggest that maybe they liked Durden even more. They just thought they would find him in undrafted free agency. Uh, now back to the story. Though Durden doesn't remember the details of his conversation with McCarthy, Lapointe, and this is the Cowboys director of college scouting, uh, can fill in the blanks on Dallas sales pitch. Dallas has lost receiver Noah Brown in free agency. And Lapointe sees Durden fitting in nicely in the blocking receiver core special teamer type of role that Brown vacated. And then the quote from Mitch Lapointe is, we gave David some good money, but I think the pitch really was this guy's ability to play inside and outside. And then the return value and special teams value. You're going to have a chance to compete here. That was kind of like the pitch that they gave Durden. You guys know that the Cowboys and every other NFL team it becomes a wild market for UDFA's right after Mr. Re- Mr. Relevant is picked in the NFL draft right so sounds like they like him like if they look at Noah Brown at, at him as a replacement for Noah Brown on special teams and on certain run blocking situations it's clear that they like him right and according to the article it gives you all of the celebration, uh, back end of things. And sounds like the Cowboys were pretty excited about landing him. Maybe he's a prospect to watch. We talked on Thursday or Wednesday. I thought it was, I think it was Thursday because that's when we had the roster projection. We talked about JMC, the other UDFA. We talked about Jose Barbon. We talked about many of these guys. Watch out for Durden though. Here's something that really caught my eye. And just going over, you know, Dame Brugler's beast guide and everything. Durden, who you are about to see on the screen really quickly here, returning a 64-yard punt, uh, t- return to, for a touchdown, excuse me. He returned a punt for a 64-yard touchdown. Sorry about that. And I mean, you won't see much, just a change of direction, maybe is what sticks out of this video, but definitely not enough to get an idea as to who this player really is. However, he was very productive as a punt returner. He actually had a 17.7 yards per return in 2022. Now, granted what level of competition it was and also was productive as a kickoff returner. Where it gets interesting to me is that that is something that Moreno Cropper doesn't have. That is something that Jalen Brooks doesn't have and something that Jose Barbón also doesn't have. So if you're looking for an edge, for Durden over all of these other rookie wide receivers it's got to be that he seems to bring value as a returner that the Cowboys might need if they want to have more flexible options when it comes to their special teams so watch out for Durden let me say hi in the chat uh do me a favor and let me know in the chat which of the Cowboys rookie wide receivers is your favorite and i'm going to help you out here uh a little bit with the white receiver room don't mind the color coding right now we'll get into that later but which of the rookie white receivers are you higher on let me know in the chat in the meantime let me say hi let me say hi to the people in the youtube chat and the facebook chat i went on a rant there uh regarding durden so i want to say hi first shout out to toxic tom shout out to mark aaron holly Welcome into the show, Jay. Money says honestly, I think that Jalen's gonna make it's gonna take uh, Michael Gallup's spot by the end of the season. Now, is this Jalen Tolbert though, Jay? You're talking about because Jalen Brooks would be kind of like a surprising statement to make. Uh, Tolbert also would be, in my opinion. But I want to get an idea as to what you're thinking about there, Jay. Let me know if you're talking about uh, Tolbert or. Or, or Brooks, I think Brooks would be the obvious like bold prediction, right? So I'm guessing you mean Tolbert. When is Gallup healthy? Says Toxic Tom. Ooh, we hopefully, hopefully this season, right? Like supposed to be this season. Uh, Cropper uh, says Chris JMC says Gregory. Yeah, J Jay gives us confirmation, right? That he likes that. That he likes Tolbert. Uh, Callaway was good in college, says Mark Aaron. Yeah, Antonio Callaway has had a a weird NFL season. Jeff says, Turpin is grossly overrated. He made the Pro Bowl based on what he did in the preseason. Now, I'm not entirely sure that is true. That second part. Uh, Also, I mean, you guys know how I feel about uh, Turpin. You guys know how, how I feel about him. I just wonder if he can really contribute on offense. But I will say this. I don't think that he made the Pro Bowl based on those touchdown returns from the preseason. Tolbert was actually the only, and I don't remember the exact number. I want to say top six, but he was the only player in the NFL that averaged a, a yards per return in punts and kickoff duties in the top six. Like th- there were top five players, obviously, in each category, but he was the only one that was in both. So if we're going off of that, it might have been a fair Pro Bowl bid for him. However, I do agree that maybe we, we suffer from some wishful thinking when it comes to what his role could be like on offense. I do think that is the case. Tolbert will shine these years as David. Hey, man, I wish so. I wish so, too. Uh, I kind of agree with everyone who's saying that, you know, Tolbert maybe was not the same guy in in year one, and maybe the same with Gallup. Uh, Maybe he's healthier this time around. We'll see. We'll see when the time comes, though. However, let me really quickly say that I'm leaning Durden just based out of that article from The Athletic. I think that the fact that they feel that way about Durden tells me something, that they might look at, at Durden and he might be competing for that wide receiver number four spot with Dennis Houston and Simi Feukel. But he might also be competing with Turpin. He might also be competing with Turpin. So watch out for David Durden. Wanted to put him on your radar after reading that article. and I still do recommend, though. I still recommend, though, uh, going ahead and reading that story over at The Athletic. Let's see here. Dallas said they were going to use Gallup more, but he has to stay healthy. I hope that he does, Is John over at Facebook. Toxic Tom says, how was Gallup the year prior to the AZL injury? Oh, yeah. Hurt and underwhelming. We'll see how it goes for Gallup. Uh, Definitely kind of a tough evaluation. Hopefully being the number three guy, helps him, and and obviously an entire offseason to heal after playing seemingly at least hurt and struggling to generate separation all of that we know about that so uh honestly we're at a point in which i hate to ride the fence but it's like we really don't know because we've seen a little bit of everything from michael gallup over the last couple of years uh big year big year coming gallup's way though even more so after the restructure for his contract so we'll see now all of this does set up a pretty cool battle though at number four at the number four spot at wide receiver and last Thursday I put together my 53-man roster projection which I shared with you and I gave you one bold prediction I said you know what I'm gonna put Dennis Houston ahead of Fejoko and ahead of other players however this Will McClay quote might be very telling this is via Patrick Nosey Walker, who it was amazing to see him on ADC Sports Dallas. And it will continue to be amazing to watch that segment moving forward. If you didn't, make sure that you catch that uh, segment on Skywalker Steel's morning show here in ADC Sports Dallas. It was absolutely epic. But in his tweet, Patrick Nosey quotes Will McClay as saying, We talked about the maturation process of players like Simi. And Jalen Tolbert, we are looking for those guys to step up. We've got to speed up that curve, but we feel good. And then Patrick uh, Patrick Nosey Walker adds, "White receiver four battle is on." My question from me to you right now in the chat is, who would you bet on out of those two players to win the white receiver four role? That would be behind CD Lamp, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, who's number four on the Cowboys. And you can go with Tolbert. You can go with Fejoko, or if you want to go with a wild card, go ahead and do that. Let me know in the chat. While you do that, and before I give you my answer, though, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net, because as always, it is time for the ride of the week here on the show. And remember, Freeman Mazda is a family owned business, has been so for over 65 years. You get A-plus customer service with them and you can visit their car dealership at Irving, Texas, or you can go to their website, freemanmazda.net. And in it, you can see their wide range of new and used vehicles, as well as the features of every car, pictures of the outside and inside of each of the vehicles, Around this time here on Prime Time, we get to talk about the ride of the week. We've got a new one this week, by the way. It is the 2024 Mazda CX-90 3.3 Turbo Premium Plus. This one starts at $54,920. It's a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. It's got premium audio, third row sitting, a sunroof, Rear air conditioning and a fuel economy of 24 miles per gallon in the city. That goes up to 28 in the highway. The plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. You can check it out over at fremontmazda.net. So let's see here. Who do you got as wide receiver for? Because it's a tough battle, man. It really is. We know very little about Tolbert. And we also kind of know very little about Simi Fejoko. Jay Money goes with Tolbert. Mark goes with Simi. Gregory says Tolbert. Holly goes with Tolbert. Katharina goes with Fehoko. Charlene goes with Jalen Tolbert. Jackie Smith does so too. So very, very varied answers right now in the chat. I'm going to go with Tolbert. Uh, slight lean towards Tolbert. Because I think that Fejoko might be competing against other of the bottom of the depth chart guys. And this is where it gets even more interesting, in my opinion. This is how I'll break down the wide receiver room. And this is where we will get into the color coding. Lamb, Gallup, and Cooks are truly my only locks at this point when it comes to the wide receiver room. And then in a second tier, give me Tolbert because he is, after all, a third-round draft pick, and whether it's right or wrong, you know that the front office and the coaching staff will be a little bit biased just because of that at least. Also, who knows? Maybe Tolbert does take that step. Maybe Tolbert was really learning the positions, as he has claimed in several interviews. He has been honest about it. He has said, you know what? I came in, and I really didn't know what I was doing. I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he has said. So I've got Tolbert and Turpin in that second tier. And I've got Turpin in that second tier just because I always wonder about only only bringing Valley uh, on special teams in today's NFL. Now, on a third tier, give me Houston and Falco. I mean, I'm just putting Houston in there because, as you know, The Cowboys did carry him on the opening roster last year, so they clearly like him. But I will admit that adding him in my projection last week might have been a little bit of a bold prediction. And based on Will McClay's comment, at least, Fajoko might have the upper hand on him. So, you know, uh, just being fair here on prime time, uh, he might be ahead of Houston from the Cowboys point of view. However, I don't see any any of those two being locks over some of the young ones, over Durden, over Drummond, JMC, Barbon, Brooks. I really think uh that fifth wide receiver spot or that sixth wide receiver spot, however you want to look at it depending on whether or not you're counting Turpin as a a wide receiver on offense instead of just an specialist, I think it's between it, it's going to be decided in camp. Like I know we said we say that about plenty of positions, but I think that if there is a a if there is one position in which there is going to be a true true camp battle that is going to be defined just by what happens in in training camp, it's going to be that fifth or sixth, however you want to call it, wide receiver spot. The one after Tolbert and the one potentially after Turpin if he sticks around. Like, is it gonna be Houston? Is it gonna be Fihoko? Or is it gonna be another of the undrafted free agent rookies? What is it gonna be? Let's see what's going on in the chat. I've seen I've I see plenty of discussions though in the chat right now ongoing. Ah. Charlene Evans says, uh, did Robert Prince coach Kellen Moore at Boise State too? I'm trying to remember because I remember I wrote about this when it happened. Uh, I think not. I think, however, that he does come more or less from the same coaching tree. But I'm not entirely sure if they shared uh, time at Boise. But I owe you a more accurate answer when it comes to that one. And I hate it because I do remember writing about that at some point. Uh, beast side says they overpaid gallup too to make up for cooper leaving they never should have relied on gallup being healthy at all last season i still have not gotten over the amari cooper <laughs> release so the trade excuse me so i'm with you <laughs> and i do think that maybe the contract for gallup was a little bit frustrating at the time, considering Cooper's departure specifically. I was surprised that they doubled down on that contract this offseason. Like the fact that they wanted to rework that deal and turn many of that money into a signing bonus, that's something that I personally did not see coming. Jackie Smith says, we need a better wide receiver coach. I do not have a strong take. Regarding uh, Robert Prince. I'm not going to lie to you. Because I don't know. If if the Cowboys have set him up. uh, For success. Including the decision to. Let go of of Amari Cooper. I I, I don't think. I personally do not think. That it was a Robert Prince decision. Jackie says the wide receiver coach. Went in with that decision. I personally. Kind of doubt that. He had big weight on that decision. I think it was more of a front office thing, just based on what we've learned, based on the fact that, I mean, and Jerry Jones has said it, like it was a money decision. And the evidence suggests so too. So I personally did not think that it was a coaching type decision. I think it was more of a financial one when it comes to letting go of Amari Cooper. Toxic Thompson's Mo, hot take. <laughs> Michael Gallup is our Peyton Hillis. He had one great year, years ago. And since then, he has been an inconsistent hurt disappointment. That might be, that might be a little bit of a hot take. Yes. But also, let's open up PFR here really quickly. It's, I mean, it's difficult to judge what has happened with Michael Gallup. And I will tell you why. It doesn't even have a lot to do with Gallup himself, right? Like, he was injured last year, whether we like it or not. He was playing banged up. I thought he was not going to be playing banged up, but he was. 2021, he obviously missed time to 2020, man. Uh, and and he had a good year relatively in 2020 with 843 yards. But like the Cowboys were in shambles that year with Dak Prescott down for most of the season. And I know that might sound like an excuse, but like it was reality. The Cowboys we're not fully operating because Dak wasn't around and what you have before that those two seasons like the there's the quote unquote great one in which he went over 100 and uh 1100 yards and then 2018 was the rookie season there was a lot going on that year it's it, it's maybe it's maybe a hot take it's also kind of fair I think it's more than anything the injuries would get Michael Gallup, just going off of the, of these numbers. Now, I do not think that because you have been banged up in back-to-back years that it means that you're done or that it means that you were a one-year wonder. I don't think that is the case. In the moment, it can feel like the case, obviously, because we have not seen a healthy Gallup in a while. I, I think we're still in a wait-and-see point. And even though I I believe that, I was surprised at the restructure. I was not a fan of it. I, I thought the Cowboys shouldn't have restructured that deal. Dwayne Braxton says, I know one thing. Dallas better have it together when the season starts, because if they don't, there will be a lot of mad, and I mean some mad fans for sure, says Dwayne. The funny part about that, though, is that, you know, If they start on fire, there's still going to be Matt fans. (laughs) But but I'm kidding. Uh, Dwayne is right. Like This has been somewhat of a dark offseason. And that's not even as... it, It has not been as dark as last year. Last year was perhaps one of the darkest points that we've seen for Dallas Cowboys fans in a long while. Like last year, the mood was very low last last offseason. Cause it was a wild card loss versus the 49ers. There weren't any like big decisions after that. There were no coaching changes. There were no big player changes. Amari Cooper left. Locke Collins left and it was like, what are we doing at the time? This offseason maybe has been a little bit different. You know, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys mutually parted ways. Mike McCarthy is going to take over the offense. So maybe there's some hope there uh, because of some change. And then the Cowboys traded for Gilmer. They traded for Brandon Cooks. So I do think that it's been a little bit different this offseason. But I agree with Dwayne. If they start off with with the wrong foot, it's going to be frustrating. It is going to be quite frustrating. But anyways, uh, those are more or less the thoughts that I had for you. At a wide receiver, specifically. I'm going to move on a little bit here on the show. And I'm going to say this. I decided to have some fun today and fired up Deuce Vaughn tape. I watched two games. I watched the Texas game and the TCU game, actually. And I have some clips for you and some random thoughts. Uh, This is not a full-on scouting report on Deuce Vaughn. Uh, but it's funny because I, my intention when I fired up the Deuce Vaughn tape was to find one thing and one thing only. I wanted to see Vaughn in pass protection. I got to see like two reps in two full games. In those two full games, I got to see like two reps in which he actually engages in that contact with the defender. Curiously enough, those two snaps came against the Marvin Overshone. And I didn't really find a lot. Like those plays were just like one bump and then let Overshawn get after the quarterback. It wasn't like Vaughn holding the block or anything like that. However, I did come across several exciting plays in the the TCU game. I wanted to share them with you. And we're going to start with Deuce Vaughn catching a pass out of a wheel route. So he's going deep out of the backfield. And I think it was a fantastic rep because he gets to show his tracking ball skills, but also a very smooth transition from receiver to a runner. And then I will add something else, just his ability to stay balanced, catches the football, turns around, becomes a runner. And of course, they bring him down in the tackle, but he he doesn't fall as, as a as, as he catches the ball, let's look at the play. Here we go. It's got no audio, so you're gonna be able to listen to me. There you go. Deuce Vaughn on the wheel route, tracks the football well, uh, turns around, stays on his fit. Watch that transition. Watch the tracking skills, and then watch that transition. It's very brief. It's very brief, but I'm gonna show it to you again. It's not an easy catch. And he stays on his feet and is able to turn around very quickly. It's almost like an explosive turnaround. And I think that's part of what makes him such a dynamic player. Then I saw one that made me tweet at Cowboys Stats. Cowboy Stats has made the hashtag small running back trending on Twitter. But I had this to say why not small fullback? You can see Vaughn out of the backfield there. He's going to be the lead blocker on this play. After the motion, boom. Man, he sends number three. He sends number three to the ground pretty easily. I don't think that this is a play that you look at and you expect to translate into the NFL. <laughs> but if anything, I mean, it is pretty fun to watch. So I wanted to share it with you. Let's look at this one. Who's Vaughn being patient in what seems to me like a zone run. He is patient, and then he accelerates through the hole. Let's look at it from the end zone here, really quickly. Look at the patience before he goes full speed. Look at the patience. Looking, and looking, and looking, and boom, and then that that missed tackle that he forces, plus the competitive thoughtness to go for, uh, toughness to go for everything is also something that you appreciate a lot. And then this is one of my favorite ones. Some sort of counter run. And look at the cut right there at the second level. Look at that. Look at how he plants his feet. And it feels like he teleports to the left. He's out there reading, reading, and then boom. That's a nasty cut. And he stays on his feet too. He's got insane balance. Let's watch that again before we get out of here though. Oh no, we actually have the best thing in sports before we get out of here. Bro, Vaughn is fun. Luz Vaughn is fun. How much of an issue is his size going to be? We'll find out. We'll find out. uh, It should be noted that he is like 15 pounds lighter than Darren Sproles. I think he's shorter than Darren Sproles too. He can add weight. Of course he can before the season. How is that going to affect him? Of course, all of that, all of those are fair questions, but there's no, no doubt that he's a fun player to watch. He's got the playmaking ability. We'll see what he brings to the table when the season starts. I would still put him as some sort of running back three for the Cowboys because I think that running back two might have to be a different type of player. But he will be he will be pretty cool to watch at the next level. And he's going to have a role. He really is going to have a role. Uh Jeff says, don't think that Deuce Vaughn will be pass blocking when he's on the field 99% of the time. Runner, receiver, says Jeff. And although I agree, although I agree, uh, I I always insist a lot on this. There are certain things, unless you're going to be a situational player, as a running back in the NFL, there are going to be a lot of situations in which you don't get to choose whether or not you are purely a receiver because there are reads that he had to do in pass protection in which you are involved with the pass pro unit you can be maybe a predetermined route runner in which no matter what you're going to run the routes but defense are going to caught on to that are going to catch on to that and they're going to find ways to exploit it that's why in the league maybe 9 out of 10 snaps the running back is involved in in pass protection like they make the read before they release on their route. So it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to envision him not being involved at all. But again, no, 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 15 pounds. 15 pounds, House Nelson. Sorry, not, not 50. He's 15 pounds uh, lighter than Darren Sproles when he was playing. Now, granted, in college, maybe that changes when the season starts. I mean, as a prospect, maybe, uh, but you can find you mean you you can find that uh, those situations in which you indeed don't ask him to pass block. I didn't find like I I repeat I found two reps of him pass blocking and that was pretty frustrating. I've got one more game on him. We'll see if we get more on that. It's the game versus Missouri. I have not watched it, but I already have it, so maybe I'll dive into it before going to bed tonight and see if we if we can find something else there uh toxic tom says mo did you see twitter melting down because parsons was at the sixers game in a maxi jersey <laughs> yeah it did it was <laughs> it was funny man uh i mean cowboys fans are not going to appreciate michael parsons wearing a philadelphia jersey i get it i get it but i also get it that it's something that's a little bit dumb. Uh, Maxi. he said, uh, is from Texas. So that's why he's supporting him. Plus, I mean, Mike is from PA. It's not necessarily a surprise, but it was fun to watch that. It was fun to watch that. He, he I think he also knows what he's doing. Like, he, he's having some fun with us, too. Uh, Double R, thank you, sir. He says, Mo, good film. Hopefully, we can get more of that uh, going here moving forward. Sometimes... It's time-consuming because I'm not very, I mean, I I am, for a 23-year-old, maybe I'm not super tech savvy. (laughs) I mean, I I can get by, I can get by, but it takes me time to put together those clips and everything. And as you can see, I just clip them. Like, I don't add any effects or anything like that. So hopefully we can get more of that work going here, some more film work on some of these players one guy that I want to watch particularly is uh Overshone, actually. So we'll see if we can get to that at some point. And Hunter Lipke. I want to get I want to watch Hunter Lipke, actually. We'll see what we can work uh with. And and Princeton Fant, I watched, but I don't have a lot of tape on him. He's trolling, says Kent. Yeah, definitely trolling. Michael Parsons is trolling, trolling all of us. So, anyways now that we're talking about basketball and all of that let's get into it before we get out of here i brought back a segment that is kind of a usual on the during the off season the best thing in sports what is the what was the best thing in sports this weekend let me know in the chat we don't use this segment during the season for obvious reasons a free agency, NFL draft season. We also have a lot to talk about. But I'm going to bring this back for Sundays. Best thing in sports. Let me know in the chat what your answer for that is. There's a lot of things to do. You, got, you can go with baseball. You can go with the NBA. You can go with Formula One in Miami. It's the view for the 2023 season in the U.S., I'm going to go personally. You know what? You know that I have to do it. I'm going to go with Saul Canelo Alvarez defending his 168 pound titles versus John Ryder in Guadalajara, Mexico. He came back home first time since 2011 that he fought in Mexico in front of over 50,000 fans. He walked up to the South, walked out to the sound of 150 mariachis. It was pretty fun. Maybe not the best night for him, though. I mean, respect to John Ryder. He brought it on that small ring, by the way. Canelo wanted him wanted to knock him out. He couldn't get it. In the 12th round, he was landing that right hand. And when John Ryder didn't go down, he was visibly frustrated. However, you know, came back home, got the double G. Saul Canelo Alvarez was the best thing for in sports in my eyes. Let's see what you guys have to say. Mark Aaron saying, Yankees sucking. Damn, man, the Yankees are in a tough, tough run. It's been frustrating. I'm kind of thankful that I have not been forced to, to watch it very closely because of the draft and everything. But maybe next week. This is the week when I go back into the baseball world. And I'm not ready for it. (laughs) Toxic Tom says the Braves Orioles series. Though though my O's lost, it was such a good series. That's the beauty of sports, man. (laughs) Double R says, Mo, stop the cap. You're only 17. (laughs) Toxic Tom also said that he wants to see me drink a beer live. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, actually. (laughs) Mark Aaron says, Boxing. What else am I missing here? Rochester Americans of the AHL beating Syracuse Crunch to send Rochester to the North Division Finals, says John. Man, I I really don't know what that is about. I owe you one. But there you go. Best thing in sports. Gilbert says, my my baseball – oh, excuse me. For me, it's baseball. My grandson, Magic Man, and his teammates from Bushland Falcons – Won the district championship this week, this past week. Ken Rock says the Knicks Socking that is his best thing in sports. There you go. There you go. Hockey says Jeff. Oh, yeah. Hockey is on fire right now, isn't it? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That will be it for me tonight here on Prime Time. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter, let your friends know about primetime. And as always, remember that the show is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. It is Sunday night. Go ahead and do your thing. Maybe you're going to tune into Succession. Maybe you're going to tune into one of your favorite shows. But the week is near. The week is near. And I will be here tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central to talk Cowboys football with you, as will be the case every night from Sunday through Thursday here on the show. Thank you to Anthony. Thank you to Katharina, Inez, Mark, Gregory, all of you, John, Charlene. Thank you, everyone. See you tomorrow night. Nos vemos el lunes. Bye-bye.